And now, The Rika Show, presented by Rika Technologies with your hosts, Cynthia Delaria, Daryl Brogdon, and Grant Parks. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Rika Show. Today, we are doing a very special podcast called Buzzwords That Sock. Uh, we used this hashtag and we we used to have a blog that was entirely devoted to this. Um, and we still use the hashtag from time to time. But we we find that in uh, software specifically, uh, our industry likes to come up with words that are really stupid, almost never mean what they sound like they should mean. And people throw them around as a way of like feeling super smart and... Oh, I'm a I'm a software developer. You wouldn't know what that meant. Uh. And so we figured, you know what? Buzzwords that suck is all about demystifying these thing, these words, so that when you're watching, you know, the whoever the next, you know, big fancy tech geek is who's talking and he starts using big words, you can just know that he just needs a hug. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to sound smarter than yeah. he either maybe or He's smart and he's just, yeah, needs a hug. That's right. So and I thought of another one, by the way, that Grant's going to love. Okay, go. What's yours? Hydrating your objects. Oh, hydrating your objects. I have no object. feelings about that. <laughs> I, used, I worked with a guy briefly who, he would say that word hydrate at least 50 times a day. Do, do, do um, software objects get thirsty? Apparently. Huh. Apparently they do. Especially in Java, because he was a Java programmer. Not knocking Java programmers, but I just, you know, uh, my my computer hydrating. My computer got thirsty once, so I gave it a drink of water, and then I had to buy a new computer. Yep. So is that what happens? You like go into the server room, and there's like a little bowl of water next to each server, and you like a dog. Yeah, you just leave is a the bowl server of water. room like a kennel? <laughs> the server rooms <laughs> I've been in, if you walked in there with a bowl of water. <laughs> You're getting escorted out. <laughs> I don't know if we'd call that a buzzword, though, because anybody outside of software is not going to hear that word. So. Probably not. Probably you're probably Except not for sports guys, and then they're using it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably not going to hear a TED talk where someone talks about hydrating their objects. Maybe in TED, you would in TED probably. You think? But, but yeah, I think it's those it's those other words. Yeah. All right. So really, like the I'm gonna, I'm gonna start us off with one um, disruptive. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. What do that's people mean funny. when they say that? It's it's just a you know it's a marketing ploy to make you support the underdog. Mm. I want to present you with the underdog, and they're kicking ass on all those big guys that have been holding you down. So why don't you join with this underdog and stick it to the man? Mm. You can disrupt it. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's just uh, silly. <laughs> so a lot of people like to say like an industry is ripe for disruption or my app is going to disrupt blah, blah, blah industry. The one I hear this about all the time is, it, and it's legitimate, the the dating world in terms of like dating apps and stuff, it is ripe for somebody to come along, do something completely, absolutely different and turn the paradigm on its head. So I guess that's the thing is disruption w- is good. It's just that it only happens. It's in, rare. In X, per, you know, 10% of the times it's being labeled as. A, oh, yeah. It's just that it's completely over. It's like saying he literally was rolling in the aisles. No, yeah. he wasn't literally rolling. He in was the figuratively aisles. rolling so in you, the aisles. When you, when you say literally so many times on things, it's lost meaning. People yeah. don't even know that it meant 
means the yeah. opposite. Yeah. So to your point, the term disruptive, people use it all the time. Oh, I'm disrupting this industry or that industry or this way of doing and things. Not. And they're not. You know what the one of the most one of the only legitimately disruptive things that I can think of? Uber. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Phone. That was... Your phone. The smartphone. The the iPhone, the first I mean, holy crap. Disruption to technology, disruption to communication, disruption to micro technology. I mean, but even that was such a, well, I guess when they went smart, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Smartphones. Okay. Because okay. yep. the mobiles, you know, I feel like evolved in a way that we're not disrupting. They weren't disrupting anybody because it was just a natural evolution. But yeah, yeah when it went to the, oh, wow, apps. Yeah. Like all of a sudden your computer was your phone and they were the same thing. And it was like, what? And I mean, I guess evidence of its disruption is it changed, it, it changed lifestyles. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. when you mentioned about computers and stuff, if I have apps here now, there's a whole lot of, it actually changes the way I'm going about my daily world. Yes. Yes. Life. So in contrast, we were pitched by a guy who was going to disrupt the dating world with his app for Green Bay Packers fans. Oh, that was a pitch to us? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is this is a guy. On, Green he, Bay Packers fans. He paid for lunch. I give him that. Yeah, he probably will never watch this. I don't know, but did you have brats <laughs> and cheese? <laughs> no, actually, we were at a really hoity-toity restaurant, and I was like, "This is a really weird setting for this pitch." Uh, but literally, he's like, "I'm going to disrupt the dating world. It's it's ripe for it because uh, it's only for Green Bay Packers fans." I'm like, "Well, why don't you just put another filter on match?" You're just going to disrupt the Green Bay Packers fans world. <laughs> Did he actually say that? Did he say it was going to disrupt oh, yeah. the dating he, world? He, it was mind blowing for him. Like he was like, oh, this is, yeah, it was. And maybe that's the thing then. Maybe that maybe there's people who use that word when it's inappropriate and they don't really realize that it's just that to me is like he lost perspective. Yeah. Where he only had his own perspective and, and his idea became much better than it really was. Yeah. If you had, it's kind of the emperor's clothing. Yes. You know? Somebody else. But no, it's not that not that great. I must be missing something. Do you get free cheese? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and a cheese head hat with every order, right? right? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. What's another good one? Um, lightweight. 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 Yeah. And that again is, pro that's a little bit more techie software, not disruptive is you definitely used like all over. And so was it the bleeding edge one. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah. Bleeding edge is another one. We were talking, actually we were talking about that yesterday cause we, we're working on, um, you know, we get asked to speak and so we're, we're working on the format of what does that talk look like in the various, you know, stages and how many minutes do we have to speak and all that. And so we were talking about when you're, when you're building a new company, a new technology company, unless your technology has to do with a bleeding edge thing. Like you are literally building something that is about blockchain using bleeding edge technology is going to just delay how long it takes to get your business out. It's going it, to, you just don't need it in 99% of the cases. If you're, if your business isn't highly technical in nature, you don't need blockchain. <laughs> like you don't. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that term is specifically that it is a meaningless term that I don't think to, in my, in my guess my my feeling about that word 
is it was a conflation of two phrases and people never realized that it really doesn't mean anything together. Um, to me, it's a combination of leading edge and cutting edge. Yeah. And, but bleed, there's no, there's never find me a bleeding edge yeah. in the world. There's no, it, it, so it's a metaphor that lacks an actual metaphor. Yeah. But there's cutting edge and there's leading edge. Yeah. And I think somehow those leak together. Cutting leads to bleeding and leading sounds like bleeding and somehow bleeding edge became a phrase when it really, I think it was an accident somewhere in a meeting. Yeah, probably. This is my kind of And it kind of caught on. That. And so whenever I heard it, I was just like, it's not even real. <laughs> you know, I mean, at least the other, at least lightweight has a meaning. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we were talking about was lightweight. Um, and I get, you know, do you really want to bleed for your company, for your technology? I mean, blood, <laughs> blood sucking technology. <laughs> Somebody serve me a pizza. Enjoy that. It's got, got my blood, sweat and tears. Like literally? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the lightweight, you know, I guess it is like, it would be great. It has a meaning. And um, when something really is lightweight, so it's like, it's like disruptive. It is a good thing. But it's applied to everything. You know, we look at open source software packages that right in the first sentence, it is a lightweight, scalable, whatever. And then you download it and there's literally tens of thousands of files in this lightweight thing. And, and that's the proper use of literally. There are literally literal. tens of tens thousands of, thousands of yes. files. Literally tens of thousands, not virtually and figuratively, literally. And it's, you know, tens or hundreds of megs yeah that's not lightweight no it never it never has been it no. never will be no it may be someday i, I guess, mean because you're, you're starting out with hundreds of me i mean to your point the other day you were like if you if you're waiting for 700 megabytes to get the home page of a website that's, you've you've completely gone wrong somewhere and like we, we have that all over the web right all mm -hmm. over the place and so much of that has to do with these frameworks they're not lightweight at all. That's not lightweight. When you have 700 megabytes and not one line of business-related code, <laughs> you've done something wrong. Yeah, that's like going on vacation and taking your house. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's my tiny house, so it's okay. <laughs> tiny houses are lightweight by comparison to a McMansion. <laughs> that's how they're able to call it lightweight because they're comparing it to the giant behemoth that is hundreds of gigs of well, whatever. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, so there is a relativity to the, to something like that. If you say something's big or small, there's kind of a relativity to that. You can't just say it about one thing in isolation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're talking relatively here because all these things are, nah, see if I say all, then it's not relative, but there are still things out there and you can create, if you're in the business of crafting software, you know what you can do with X amount of software's code, essentially, whether it's lines of code, whether it's a database thing. But you you know, it's it's sort of an efficiency. Yeah. I mean, and now that I think about it, that's what we ought to start doing is we ought to start doing an EPA rating, you know, a mileage uh. rating. Because if you write something that's this big and you get this website out of it, you're getting 70 miles to the gallon. Yeah. But most of what's out there that they're telling you to use because it's lightweight. Eight miles to the gallon yeah, gas hogs. Craw you're crawling along, along burning. You're ineffic it's inefficient. Yeah. And should be shamed. Should be shamed. <laughs> we do a lot of framework shaming around here. Yep. <laughs> Actually, we were in a meeting um, with 
some guys that we really, really like and, and had a lot of respect for. And the one guy was a big fan of one of the PHP frameworks. And we were kind of like, mm, we're going to, we're, we're just going to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So gamification. Yeah. Um, I think we, we determined yesterday in a meeting that, that <laughs> gamification has its place. Yes. But not everywhere. Yes. Um, you know, we worked what on was a project. It, what was the example? The example was we worked on a project oh. a few years ago that was a SaaS product for, for businesses. Utility, pro- Utility production. production. Yeah. And someone there wanted to gamify. They wanted to give people badges and bonus points and all this for coming back to the website because they wanted to increase engagement as we've talked about. Engagement is probably another buzzword. And to me, the reality is people use this product because they want to get in, get something done and get out so they can go be productive in other ways. Yeah. They're not going to respond yeah. to badges. Yeah. Why would they? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and to me doing something like that is kind of introducing a little bit of friction in this product. Right. Because you're lengthening, you're, you're artificially increasing the amount of time spent doing the work mm-hmm. when a productivity tool should be about decreasing the amount of time it takes me to do that same work so that I can be productive in other areas. Yeah. And so to your point, you know, gamifying my experience of logging what I'm eating every day and my weight loss goal gives me an incentive to keep going back because mm-hmm. I like seeing those, those silver medals or gold medals or whatever every day. And I like seeing my date get closer when I do better. You know, there's, there's a, physical manifestation for that excitement that I feel right. But it's not like they're making me spend more time thinking about all of those things in order to create that gamified incentivized experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, not everything should be gamified. And then a lot of times people call something gamified that actually really doesn't have to do with gamification. One, I just realized I'd be okay if we got rid of that word and they just said reward. Yeah. Cause that's really mostly, it seems like that's most of the time what's being described is a reward for use. It's exactly what it is. A reward for a particular type of activity. So gamify is a little highfalutin to begin with there. And I'm thinking about our conversation yesterday with a new person, a new client, and um, rewarding somebody for doing something through the application that is either good for me or good for them or good for both of us, but they have a tendency to want to put it off. You know, what you just brought up was reminding me, it's just like a self-maintenance kind of thing. You know, I don't really want to exercise every day. But from a macro level, I really want to exercise every day yeah, because yeah. of the effects of it. So, um, but I might have a tendency, ah, uh, skip today. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. We all know those, those types of things. And so it's ha- habit changing, yeah. if, especially when it's habit, cha- habit type stuff, a reward for executing on a particular day can make all the difference in the world, right? Yes. And that's the kind of stuff that when it's gamified, not only do I have the, yeah, I really want to work out. I really want to work out every day. Um, I'm just, I have to get over that hump. 
well, the tool helps me get over the hump because there's a there's an additional visible immediate reward incentive. I'm only 60 minutes of cardio away from. Yeah, from like, woohoo, and that feel. Like we were saying yesterday, wouldn't it be better than badges in a case like in a, that particular case? Say, okay, you achieved whatever level. We can give you a gift card. Yeah. Even if it's only $5 yeah. to this place that is totally related to what we're working on here. Yep. Yep. Um, that's better than badges, but it's probably a bad incentive for me to be losing weight is a $5 pizza gift card, but no, it yeah, would, no, it'd be $5, <laughs> you know, it would be appropriate to keep you to but something that rewards you and makes you want to even do it more. If I knew that at the end of my weight loss goal, in addition to hitting my weight loss goal, there would be a 20% off coupon for a piece of like athletic clothing at Athleta. I'd be all over that. And what if it was only in, they would only give it to you in size. Exactly. Exactly. That you need to get to. <laughs> now there's, that's wow. That's tr- that would actually be really cool. Yeah. Um. Um. I I liked you know because uh, the project we talked about yesterday would be rewarding the users for um, creating those events and having those events be popular events. Yeah. And that's good for all of us. Yeah. In, in terms of the uh, context of that application, that's good for it's it's a positive result for the user that this application is shooting for. And it's good for the, um, the business of the application per se itself to grow. Yeah. So we want to reward you. Yeah, exactly. But like you said, adding badges and trophies to. Utility work. Yeah. I mean, people are like, give me what I need. What if you were in Microsoft word and you did another paragraph. Ding. (laughs) You've got a badge. You've and here's Clippy to give it to you. Right. <laughs> you know where gamification works really, really well? Uh, uh. And here's where it works the best. In actual games. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> That's, That's why people gamble, right? Yeah. Gamblification. Gamblification. New word for us. <laughs> We're going to use that for something. Ding. We just got a coining a buzzword badge. Did yeah. you see it? <laughs> I see a blog post <laughs> being created right now. There's a blog post in our future about gamblification. gamblification. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk. Let's talk about. Um, <laughs> so Kenny Rogers saying the gamblifier. All right, the, these two kind of go together: metadata and big data. Two, you, two words that I feel like are way overused. So what do they actually mean? And when are they actually appropriate? If you're, uh, Let's put it this way. I have a Postgres database with 100,000 rows in it. That's big data, right? Nope. A million rows? Millions upon millions upon millions yeah, of like rows. Yeah, like billions of rows, right? Big data is where you have... a a giant mass of data and you need to apply certain known algorithms to help make sense of that data, to tell you about that data. What's, I don't know, what are the buying practices? Yeah. You have to hydrate (laughs) your objects before you can create these algorithms. Yeah. Cause you can only do this in Java apparently. So it's, but it's, it's, we're talking billions and billions of rows. Yeah. Really big. Huge. Big Carl is a key Sagan word here. Big. Carl yeah. Sagan, billions big. and billions. Like, I mean, billions upon if billions. you could, if you could take all of the DNA mapping of a single human being and get it into 
a database, that would be big data, mm-hmm. right? Because not it, lightweight, not lightweight. And that's a good example, right? 23andMe, those kind of companies, people are uploading their DNA and they are mining that data to determine, and they've actually done this, certain DNA pairs indicate depression or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's big data. And they actually are only mapping a very small section of the human genome at this point. Um, Yeah. I read a thing, and I, I don't know if this is still true. This was a couple of years ago, but it was saying that all of the data that's aggregated in across all of Google for all of time that Google has been around still Could fit on the head of a pin. Well, <laughs> it's still something like less than 5% of the amount of data in the human body. Like yeah. if you could map the entire thing and, and clone someone in data, mm-hmm. it's like it's 20 times what exists on all of Google and all of the servers and all of the world for all of time of all of human creation. Yeah. Big data usually comes, I'm I'm just thinking that you can't just like refer to data as big data because you, how do you know it's not really big? Big data is always going to come from, from tracking and natural measurement. Mm. Um, That's like live measurement. It seems like to me, it's either real world physical stuff that's now being mapped into like your, ta- your example with DNA or it's measurements or continuous events that are being measured or, you know, this mass behavior that's being measured through all these measurement points, like point of sale systems and all that stuff Yeah, that generates big data because, you know, you're thinking about how many people are shopping at target across every target store across the world. Yep. And we're recording every single, every time that thing, up, up things going over the red light. Yep. That's going into a database somewhere yep. associated with you, associated with that store. You're, um, they're building habit models yep. about you. That's big data, but it only happens. It seems like by modeling real world yeah. event yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's a lot of different touch, where there's a lot of different touch points. And it's like, how does all this come together to create something that we can make assumptions about or draw conclusions about. Because even the global airline schedule isn't big data. No. It's a lot, but it's not big data. No. Because it's very straightforward. It's a lot. It's it's data that describes a very simple interaction. Which gets us right to the metadata, whether it is metadata or not. Yeah. So what is metadata actually? It's data about data and and thus because because that's so open, you can stretch that to a lot of things. And like we point out, a lot of times when somebody says, oh, we just need some more metadata about that, it's like, oh, that's just a couple more columns in a table about that thing. And it's as simple as saying, okay, our thing we're modeling is an apple and okay, red, that's more metadata. No, it's not. That's an attribute of the apple. Metadata would be color. That's metadata. Yeah. What what are we mapping? Red is a color of... Yeah. It's it's the categories of things right. that that particular measurement represents. Yeah. I don't know if it makes if I'm getting it across, but one of the things this might relate a little bit um, is you'll see people in software call a particular value a type, you know, customer type, store type, car type. And I I have always kind of pushed back on that and said type is so generic that if I just look at that later and say, oh, well, this field will be the type of car. Well, what does that mean? Make, mm. model, station wagon versus what Sedan does type mean? Yeah. There is a much more precise, more 
granular level word to call that categorization that you're doing for that particular thing because you want to be able to tell what are we measuring about that car without having to look at a bunch of examples of measurements. To understand, yeah. And that's kind of gets the idea between data and metadata. I don't have to look at data. Um, Metadata is something that's that's above Describing the data almost. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Not the data. So would you say the table column names, table column column names are the metadata i think in yeah, essence I, th- I think i think part at least parts of parts of it are like ids and stuff you know you're yeah right they're housekeeping but i think yeah i think when you get into that you're like what made it metadata are you capturing about this well we're capturing color mm-hmm. we're capturing this we're capturing that not red yeah. yeah we're capturing red for some things that's metadata no no that's that's the difference kind of asking yourself is, does this apply to one thing or is this the name of all the values for this that would, what is the name for all the values of this that would apply to all the things? Yeah. Interesting. Daryl's on his phone. Sorry. I'm getting a call. He's looking at metadata. That's why I say no phones in the room. Usually I have to honor that, but this time he I can't. He has out of state. As an aside, yeah. gamblification.com is taken. Gamification. Gamblification. Gamblification. Yes. Oh, okay. You didn't see me just mouth the swear word. No. <laughs> All right. Any other, any other, uh, okay. You know what? The last one we're going to talk about, cause it's just funny microblogging. So when we first wrote this one down, <laughs> uh, this is the note that I put next to it. Nano blogging, Pico blogging. Why must it always be smaller to be blogging? How about mega blogging or giga blogging or Google blogging? And if it's micro blogging, does that mean you type it in a smaller font size? Means you have a little tiny key. You can only do it on your phone. You can only do it on your phone. And did you know that there is a website now called Mike? I think it's micro.blog. Micro.blog. Mm-hmm. Lovely. The Lovely. Terra blog sounds right. Terra blog. Yeah. A lot of blogs are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you're environmental, that would be a cute one. Terra blog. Terra, oh, Earth. like T E R R A, Terra blog. Yeah, that's actually sure. kind of funny. Um, all right. And why blog? Because everybody cares what you think. Did that's, you not know that? Everybody's trying to be famous. Everybody's trying to be known. Everybody's trying to say, hey, everybody, look at me. Yeah. It's that famous for being famous thing again, right? Like blogging is another, another avenue to wealth and fame or whatever in people's minds, you know, oh, I couldn't get on American Idol, but I can blog about my experience of it. I can blog about watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's name our 10 favorite episodes. Let's, <laughs> um, Let's in the order. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of gets to me that the web is turned people into like, I don't know. It's sort of increased self-centeredness. In a yeah. Lot of ways. So of these. Well, it, and it's, you're right, because it's a way of putting information in a place where people could see it, but who sees it the most is probably you. You and the people who are, who you don't need to convince of anything anyways. Yeah. You know, I just, I, so, so many times my reaction inside is who gives a crap what you're making for dinner? (laughs) Who gives a crap that your kid won soccer? Really? Only you and your immediate family? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get the urge sometimes to say, nobody, 
why are you so full of yourself that you think anybody would care? <laughs> That's how I feel about when I'm going through my Instagram feed and somebody's, you know, you have those people who always have to post what they had for dinner, like yes. the picture of their food. And I'm like, there's nothing, you know, if you're going to a micro gastronomy place where the food isn't what it looks like, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, David and I went to one one time uh, called Alinea in Chicago and they brought out this thing. It looked like a couple little logs and they lit it on fire and then served us a fish course. The logs were uh, parsnips that they were roasting and the meat was cooking underneath it. There was steak and parsnips. Wow. <laughs> and I was cool. like, that is freaking cool. You yeah. want to post a picture of that? I'm, I'm down with it. You're going to post a picture of the same freaking piece of salmon everybody across the country is eating tonight? Yeah. Who cares? And after the logs, we're going to gamify that. <laughs> I mean, gamify just, your dinner. I didn't know people were that consistent. It makes me think that I should have been doing that for years because there's a lot of times people going... Oh my God, what's he eating? <laughs> you know? Food shaming. You, I need to be food you shamed. You live alone, you drag, <laughs> drag stuff out of the, out of the fridge that, well, I think that's still edible. Put that on the plate. Microwave. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's times we've got, oh my God, my kids eat better than that. My dog eats better than that. <laughs> uh, we're not going to let you be an old man eating Alpo. <laughs> Sometimes That's what this I is all about. I'm eating going, oh, why am God. I eating this? That's what this is all about. Better. It's like reality TV. The reason people watch reality TV is so they can go, well, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> so I could do the world a service by posting what I eat. Right. They can go, <laughs> boy, at least I don't eat, eat as bad as Grant does. <sighs> I eat worse than you.com. Right. <laughs> Feel good about your meal. Cheese and Vienna sausages a long time ago, son. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, potted meat. Mm. Uh -huh. <laughs> French oh fried God. taters. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> oh, oh my God. Anything else on buzzwords that suck that we just oh, have to talk about? There are many. There are so many. We'll, we'll probably do another episode yeah, of this. It's a buzzword. Yeah, it is a buzzword. <laughs> Bio break. Oh, God. That one always kind of creeped me out. I know. Out. You're like, I don't want to think about I don't want, that. Yeah, I don't want to think about what you're doing when you leave the meeting for a minute. Uh, Just say you're getting coffee. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, this has been Buzzwords That Suck on the Rika Show. Uh, for Grant, Daryl, and <laughs> Cynthia, uh, this is uh, sponsored by Rika Technologies. We love you all. Go ye forth. Send us some new buzzwords we can make fun of because this is actually a really fun one. We'll probably do another one. So go ye forth, multiply, and uh, be aware of the words you use. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology. Catch you next time. <laughs>